welcome to episode 340 and 9 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He wears a hat that has scary, <laughs> and he wears a shirt that says Poon. Yeah. It's Russell John, the Fisher Man. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that up. Scary Poon, dude. You don't understand. Ever since I've been doing the, the intros this way, yeah, I think 80% of the time you've been wearing that shirt. Probably. Why? I understand. <laughs> I completely <laughs> understand. Uh, just, it's been hot. It's been hot. Yeah. So you wear the same shirt. <laughs> yeah. Last week you said that you don't think you smell. No. And right now all evidence is pointing towards smelling. No. Come here. You're wearing me. this same. I smell you enough. Dude, sniff the poon. I know your scent. No, I, um, this, this shirt is perfect for warm weather because it's full of holes. <laughs> it's like the, the Swiss cheese of my shirts. Yeah, but then so. you wear it out in public. That's because, uh, you know, distressed clothing is something you pay extra for. When I did it, uh, this is an artisan distressed shirt. Oh, is it's it? high fashion. <laughs> <laughs> it's an American apparel. Fuck yeah. It's a band. It's a defunct band. It's, um, it's edgy. It's oh, a, they're defunct? It's a poon. Speedwolf yeah, didn't make it? They're no longer together. What happened? Controversy? Up. No. Okay. I think it's just, you know, one of those things. You're in a bunch of indie bands and hope something hits. And then a weirdo in the Bay Area buys a shirt and wears it forever. And you're like, eh, I think this band's plateaued. And then you move on. Well, a person who may or may not know a thing or two about that is Randy yeah. Michael Stat <laughs> over there in Atlanta, Georgia, who's been uh, in bands since he was a wee little lad. Randy yeah, Michael Stat's in his new house having technical difficulties. Hello, hello. We're here. I think We're it's here. his cable. I'm going to have to stop moving my microphone. I'm doing it stand-up style today, just uh, gripping the mic with the hand. So You haven't got yep, my cable sensitive. <laughs> okay. You haven't gotten the equipment all situated yet? Uh, I have. I think maybe this cable just got a little, little sensitive in moving or something. <laughs> Well, Randy, you know. But yeah, I've been in plenty of bands that uh, plateaued, if if that's what we're talking about. <laughs> How high was the plateau? Not very. All right. Well, well you know, you got to get out there, try some things. Been out there on the road. Oh, yeah. Dogging it. It's been all across this great land of ours. 38 states. 38? I think so, yeah. Which ones? What's the ones we're Name a few we're missing here. Uh, Alaska, Montana, what? Maine, uh, I don't know, maybe like a Dakota or something. Okay. Uh, Kansas? Yeah, I don't know. I've been to Kansas. Michigan? Michigan I've been to. Played in Dearborn, Michigan, outside of Detroit. Mississippi? Yep, played Mississippi. I don't know, there's probably some other northeast ones that I'm forgetting. All those small ones up there. Vermont's? Yeah, I don't think I've been to Vermont. You're Connecticut. Connecticut, I've been to. Rhode Island. Rhode Island, I've not been to. Oh. That's one of them. I bet Rhode Island's got like a, a nice little uh, punk scene happening. There's weirdness in Rhode Island. I mean, they got, they got RISD up there, which uh, David Byrne came from or went to. RISD. Yeah, Rhode Island School of Design or something like that. I don't oh. know. Some artsy shit. Okay. Way cooler name. It sounds like a cast member on Greece. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. Good I'm job. surprised you haven't heard of RISD, dude. Oh my I don't god, RISD, dude. You should have told me we we're gonna do a little geography. I would have made a stinger for this segment. I don't know about nerd shit. All I know about pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, repellent. And that is when we're gonna bring in Oksana Valerinova Osachi. <laughs> I hope that's not my intro. <laughs> you know it was. Also, I should have mentioned I washed that shirt, uh, so it's not as dirty as he makes it sound. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you've got you've got a you've got a you know a, a thing you got to live up to here. You've got a persona you're trying to keep. An odor. Show. I get it. Also, the, why, again, why do you think my candle budget oh, has tripled since living in this house? Because you become incredibly effeminate under my watch. No, it didn't, you feel protected. I didn't need your watch. To I'm be here effeminate. protecting the house, and you're just like, you know what? I can relax now. Oksana, how's everything going today? <laughs> Pretty good. Um. I don't know. Not a lot's happened yet. All right. That's uh, every time we do the intro, we want to bring it to a screeching halt. <laughs> so I'll pick up where she left off and I'll say happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, today we're recording. It is Father's Day. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> That's right. Randy Michael, you just came back from a little rendezvous with your pops. How's he doing? How's everything? Good. Yeah, my parents have been out here since uh, late Monday just helping me with moving and stuff. And we basically are repainting the whole inside of the house. So yeah, they've been here and we went and saw a movie and got some lunch and yeah, just been hanging out. And what kind of, what kind of painting we doing? Uh, painting the entire inside of the house white pretty much. Cause it was like a darker off white type of thing. I don't know. It looked almost gray, but you need those white walls, dude. All, all white canvas, white. you know? Mostly, yeah. The kitchen's a different color, and the bathrooms are a different color. Yeah, Randy, you need some color in your life, dude. <laughs> nah. What about wallpaper? A wallpaper? No, that's a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do it. Get a wallpaper guy. I'm out of money, dude. I'm out of funds. Yeah, that's I bought a house. That's very true. He bought a house in Bitcoin tanked. And so. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> wallpaper guys. That's a different league of gentlemen right there. It's a good podcast. They're, uh, <laughs> they're a group, man. Let's start it. You ever interacted with a wallpaper guy? No, I did help my parents take the wallpaper off my grandma's house when we sold it a long time ago, and that was not fun at all. But I think wallpaper has gotten better and less hard to put on and remove. Oh, it's tricky. It's a, it's a whole thing. Russ, how do you feel about wallpaper just in general? I like it aesthetically. Yeah. Um. Whenever I think of wallpaper now, I think of that. Um. What was it? Hatching. The hatching. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because that had very uh, aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> aggressive wallpaper. Yeah. Actually, there's like you could probably do like a whole write up on the theory of like wallpaper and what it means in that movie. Yeah. What? Where was it? Norway. Sweden. I Sweden. Think. It was uh, Scandinavian yeah. or Finland. Uh, I think maybe Sweden. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Sweden. Who cares? <laughs> oh, Finnish. They're Ooh. trolls. That's what I know. There are trolls around those houses. Finland's wild, dude. Well, should we... I feel, you know, I have to be um, upfront with everybody listening. I have not watched a movie this week. Boo. But I did go to Sinister Creature Con. Yeah. Which, you know, I think they used to do screenings, right? I'm not crazy. You they did. I think there's a separate like um, associated festival that's the Sacramento Horror Film Festival 
And they, they would do them there? Yeah, I think they're connected, but we've never gone to that one. Yeah, Sinister Creature's a little weird. Um, normally, we would go to Monster Palooza. We didn't this year just for financial reasons. And uh, that's a whole weekend event. Like, we go down there, get a hotel, and we hang out the whole time. Burbank's great. Severn usually does um, a collaboration with... And, uh, and that is one of the bigger horror festivals in the world. Probably in, in California. I think almost... I think in Arizona, they have Mad Monster Party, which is huge. I think Texas Frightmare is giant. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of like the California version. It's yeah. it's not huge, but it's it's the probably the best one we have. Um, but yeah, I don't, there's a lot to do. Sinister Creatures up here in Sacramento. So for us, it's like, what, a little under two hours? Yeah. And we drive up there. We usually hang out for two hours and then bail. Like you kind of show up, maybe you want to meet somebody, uh, get an autograph and a picture and then hit the like the vendor room and then bounce. That's normally what we do. But I think they used to do screenings and this year they actually have like two days of panels, which I was pumped for. We got there, hung out, and then we watched one and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like yeah. I'm ready to go. And I feel kind of bad about it, but I don't know. I I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about creating a community or like a culture or if it's just the building, but that place does not make you want to stay. There's something about it. Well, it's very small. It's small, but there's like a lack of food. I mean, th this year they had the most, which isn't a lot. They had some food trucks out front, but like there's something about it. It might just be Sacramento too. So this was my first sort of convention thing that I went to that I wasn't a part of. Or performing that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um I, I don't know. I had a great time yesterday. Uh but man, that place was packed to the gills. Um I only had one time where I got really antsy when there was a um very special person with a protruding belly that kept digging <laughs> into my lower back. Um that I just I had to get out of there. She uh, was pregnant. She didn't know. No, he was <laughs> special. And I had to get out of there. Oh, I thought the I, helmet was was a I, was, I was about to snap. It's funny, too. I um, when you said you wanted to go, I was like, yeah, right. Like, there's no way how many times you've complained about it. And then when it was clear you were going to go like you had bought it to be clear, when you bought a ticket, I still wasn't convinced. I'm like, that's going to get refunded. <laughs> I don't know if I was either. OK, <laughs> the night before I was like, what do you think the chances are that he just he just decides not to in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, are you, you're still thinking about it? There was like, there's no way. And then I got up and you were ready. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. And then dread sat in. Cause I'm like, oh, he's going to fucking hate this. And we're never going to get him out of the house again. Now tell the listeners how, how pleasant was I yesterday? Oh, you were great. I almost thought you were like, you had a bomb on you or something. I'm like, oh, I'm not making it home. <laughs> Clark's doing a farewell today. Sure. Well, I'm on, I'm on competing medication now so uh, you never know what you're gonna get it's weird randy let me randy you know clark uh he's been a ray of sunshine it's strange and honestly yeah. i it's like you're in this house he's walking around smiling you gotta watch your back i know <laughs> he's got a knife on him or something well it's summertime the summer shine this the sun shines <laughs> in the true. sun all right when winter is nigh oh no you know the moon will come out. Oh, I thought you were going to keep with the rhyming. I'm going to um, no, But I'm glad you had fun. And uh, uh, as is typical, we spent too much money and we came back with a lot of movies and one that Clark was very excited about. 
finally, I finally, I, the, the amount of excitement I got when I saw that there was a bootleg copy of Visitor Q, <laughs> I can't explain to you the, the just euphoria that started to course through my veins because you can't find the movie. Mm -hmm. You can't find it. You can't buy it. It's, it's just very difficult to locate. And, um, you know, these, these sweet little angels, uh, that, you know, bootleg movies, they had it for sale there. Um, and, uh, I grabbed it and as soon as I got it, I went, I had to find you immediately and be like, all right, we're good. I found visitor Q and uh, this is a, uh, this is a good day. And it was only 10 bucks. That's, that's great. It was a bootleg. Yeah. It was a good bootleg though. Bootlegs have come a long, long distance way. from. Yeah. From yeah. where they used to be, where it was like almost unbearable. It was like painful to the eye. Yeah, this isn't on a, a Mission Street you know, curb. No, yeah, this one's on a blanket. Um, also, I had another Blu-ray incident. I mean, we walked away with a lot. A lot of Vinegar Syndrome shit, too. Oh, I bought a movie after you had left the vendor room, too. Did you see it down there? It's fine. I, we don't have to. I think I saw it. all of them, yeah. I do want to say one thing. When we went to the Peaches Christ... Um, all about evil screening out here. I mentioned that they had a Severn booth and, you know, it was kind of like going to Monster Palooza without going to it. And we were able to buy movies cheap. And Randy, I think I mentioned it to you that I had picked up a copy of, uh, out, yeah, of blue. out of the blue. So I was psyched about this because, uh -huh. you know, flat $20, I think gave it right to him. They got to keep it. It's got the beautiful slip cover. We nice. got home and got an email notification. That was like, mm -hmm. oh, you're pre-order shipping. And Oksana was like, what did we pre-order? He's like, is that fucking out of the blue? And I'm like, well, if it's out of the blue, then we bought it early. And no yeah. way they did that. And I'm like, oh, my God, we got an early copy of it. Well, uh, One, I was annoyed that I didn't um, appreciate the fact that I got it before everybody else because I would have posted it. But two, now I'm burdened with another one. So, Randy, <laughs> I might, we might have to send it to you. I'm down. I'll take it. Fuck, man. See, look, this is what happens when Randy recommends something that I really want to see. I end up buying two copies of it. And Randy, before we send it, I'll autograph it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Don't man. do it on the plastic if there's any. Just do it on the actual, on the hard, hard cover. On the slip cover? <laughs> yeah, you got to get it on there so you can't remove it. All right. He was talking about pulling the sleeve out of the plastic protection. What am I... Dum dum. Uh, oh, whoa, you backed off a word there. No, I was just trying to find the word. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was a good word. I liked it. Dum dum's a go to. Oh, Randy was sweating. He went, <gasps> I saw it. What? If I, I said the word you were referring charm. to last week. <laughs> Man, okay. And, you know, we're just queuing you up for Thursday's episode. Oh, dude, get ready. <laughs> um, yeah, but, dude, we went to a panel for Joe Bob. So Clark's f all in. He's got Joe yeah. Bob shirts, underwear. Okay, not true. He's wearing a cowboy hat around the house. Not true. There's um, a rocking chair with a knitted blanket on it. So Joe Bob, for sure, was he was the headliner of the festival. Yeah, and uh, the the line there just for Joe Bob was insane the whole day. And Darcy. Mm -hmm. um, now uh, number two in that slot uh, was Chop Top. Yeah, weird. A lot of people. Now you say weird because I feel like you know you, you guys everywhere. go to a lot. Yeah. He's in all of them. It, does he? Does his lines typically not go that long? 
Not really. I mean, if you go to like Monster Palooza every year, the the Bill Mosleys of the world quickly become like, yeah, he's just a part of the venue where, you know, it's like the one like when Nev Campbell went this year, everybody went to that or Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. Because you're pretty much like they're not coming back or, you know, those two people like them. Edward Furlong goes there and it's like lying because, you know, they're, they're, it's a one and done pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's what so about Devin over. Sawa? Yeah, there you go. I'm sure Sawa's shown up to a couple of those. Hell yeah. Yeah. I, did he? I feel like. I don't know. I don't know either. I doubt it. I think he, he would have a pretty good line too. Yeah. But I was kind of shocked, Bill Mosley. And then Turifer, Terrifier, like uh, we had Damien <laughs> Leone there and fucking Art the Clown. And they almost had that same effect where it's kind of like, oh, yeah, they're like a part of this. But honestly, I think it's more a, a measurement of how deep into this shit we are. Because, you know, Terrifier seems like uh, prolific, but I guess really it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it was also, it was great to see Fred the Hammer Williamson there uh, from Black Exploitation Films, uh, mm-hmm. who's 84 and looks looking spry. Damn. Uh, I was, I was, because I, 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 I don't, I didn't really. I didn't notice him on the lineup and then uh, he was there front and center. I was like, Oh shit, that's tight. Um, but so let's talk about um, the panel mm-hmm. that we went to with Joe Bob. Now <laughs> <laughs> the panel was moderated by, I'm assuming one of the founders of the festival. I couldn't even see him from where I was. Sitting. I couldn't see Joe Bob at all <laughs> because there giant. was a nine foot ogre sitting like four rows in front of me. I couldn't see anything. Um, but I was sitting down and I was a little high and I was okay. Um, and you know, they, they packed that room. We were, we got probably one of the last seats there. Yeah. Uh, cause that, that room filled in very quickly moderated by, well, like we said, assuming one of the, the festival founders, um, he a bit of a zero. Yeah. Um. On on his end, and the the way that the panel was just handled, Joe Bob basically was like, "Okay, I'll take it from here," and so he would just go and do his thing, and then Darcy would not want to. She she seemed disinterested to be there, which is her her mo. Um. And uh. But uh, honestly, you know, I I think uh, she did a good job. But he asked her, he would try to go tit for tat. And I was just like, dude, that's not the vibe here in the room. No. Like, and she's not giving you anything. So why are you going back so to her? My only complaint with Darcy and she did not use a microphone. Was that that it seemed you needed to get your like fucking Tony Hingecliffe on Kill Tony on, where he's just like talking to the tip of the mic. But you know what? I think I've reevaluated Darcy, and um, you know what it is? She's just a super fan, and I think a lot of the time she wants to be out of the way. Like she wants to like make she wants to cheerlead Joe Bob so that he does shit. And then she wants to move the fuck out of the way. And he's kind of like, no, no, you need to come up here, too. And and I, I kind of understand it now. But yeah, it was weird. That moderator, dude, he had like no casual conversation in him. No, everything. It was almost like Joe Bob couldn't help but say interesting shit that anything could have been a tangent. And this guy almost wasn't even listening. No. He'd just be like, so like what he was talking about, how, how him and Darcy met, which honestly for kind of, um, being reintroduced to Joe Bob, like I am because you've gotten into him, it was kind of a perfect panel 
because he just talked about how they met and like the start, like kind of retread shit. But for me, it was like, I haven't heard any of this. And also dropped that he'd written a book about satellites. Yeah. And that's the thing. He's like, you know, Darcy showed up in a cosplay where her tits were probably hanging out and was a Joe Bob fan of his, you know, movie, his um, horror hosting. And he was like, what the hell? You're at a nerd convention. Like, this is like Silicon Valley. And I'm talking about satellites literally over the planet. And in Mountain View. Yeah. And and it's like, wait, what? What? And I'm like, what? tell me a little bit about that. Like, how do you even know about this? Then the moderator. So last time you were here, you mentioned that you're going to do season two. Are we going to have a season five? And it's like, whoa, dude, what a what a screeching halt. You just brought that interesting conversation to. And then you you pivoted into something where I could have answered him in like, I can't tell you. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what the fuck? What do you think? Dude, the highlight of that guy, though. Oh, boy. Go go ahead. The highlight, Randy. Because Joe Bob talked for a long time. And he's um got a great voice. He's an interesting guy. Super interesting. He was talking about a lot of production and f- just shit. Him and Darcy and... uh. Then the dude at the end, he's like, you know, I want to open up the audience. I want to let, allow a Q&A here before we run out of time. And um, I got somebody to call on first. It's my grandson. And he's like, oh, I know nepotism. But hey, why don't, why don't you go ahead and stand up over here? And so this little skinny dude in a giant cowboy hat stands up. And he's like, everybody, give a round of applause to my grandson. They all, everybody starts clapping for him. And then I'm not going to try and do his voice. Well, Do you want to? He was dressed like Joe. That's why they're applauding him, right? I don't. I I think he might have been touched, and they were just like, "Oh, yay! How happy!" Or it felt like he had stood up in a wheelchair. Like everybody's <laughs> like, "Holy shit! It's a miracle!" And then he spoke, and oh no, I had to I had to bury my laughter. It was just it, basically the question was. What is your interest level in doing uh, the classic Hammer horror films? <laughs> I was like, this 13-year-old kid is talking about Hammer horror. It was... Oh, but it, it, I'm telling you, that was the best possible question that could have come from that scenario. And uh, I, I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, but you were just flummoxed by the situation. I don't even think you you heard the question. I didn't hear it. Yeah. Not a word landed in my ear. But Randy, I cannot describe to you. Now, wh- what I'm telling you is 100% the truth and is 100% <laughs> from my heart. That may have been the ugliest room I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I mean, without question. We were in the top 1% of attractive people in that room. It, it wasn't even close. It felt good. The unfuckable trolls in that room. <laughs> it was unreal how like, you know, I, I, I'm surprised they didn't have like a rascal charging scooter station over there in the corner of these just the people that crawled out of these holes. <laughs> It was unreal how unattractive everybody was. And that made me feel great. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so I'll go back to any convention ever. Did you ever if watch? If it's ugly like that one is. Did, did you ever see um, Best Worst Movie? The Troll? Yeah. Do you remember when um, uh, the dad, I can never remember his name. You know, it's kind of about him. But when he goes to a, a convention for the first time. 
And he's like, my God, there's gingivitis everywhere. <laughs> it, you reminded me of that because Clark had dropped the unfuckable trolls line in the car. And it instantly, I was like, God, it's like, it was like him. What's his name? George Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was just like, oh, I'm so. And then he goes there and he's like, what the fuck is this? And it's like, well, that's kind of what happens when you get a bunch of people who don't go out much, but they have to see Joe Bob. Yeah. <laughs> who, uh, Joe Bob and uh, Darcy, they also looked a little bit more human in person, too. Joe Bob, uh, giant man. Yeah. And uh, he he doesn't. He doesn't walk very well. Mm-mm. He's got quite a gait um, and uh, refused to get out of his chair to take a picture with Terrell. Probably not easy to get out. Oh, I, I imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Ter- Ter- I was kind of shocked by that, too, because Terrell normally gets down on the floor to do a, a Terrell feed yeah. with people. Dude, he had told, who was it? Somebody was like, oh, here, let me take the picture. He's like, no, I'm doing a Terrell fee. And after I was like, dude, you just referred to it as a Terrell fee. Like it was whoever was helping Damien Leone. At the there table. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can't <laughs> expect people to know that. And he's like, oh, well, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, it was fun. I'm so glad you had a good time. Uh, and let's talk about one more thing. Uh, let's talk about lunch. Uh, and by lunch, the meal we had at three o'clock, um, we decided to not partake in the food trucks at the event because they looked not appealing um the brain dad will tell you that one of the food trucks there um was named the lobster mobster and good. it was the russell tell them what the logo looked like like a dork <laughs> like a, there's a dork in a chef's hat and he's like my name rhymes i found the branding to be the most unappetizing thing out there yeah it looked like an underground rap album circa like oh three dude it literally turned i didn't even look at their menu i'm like the lobster mobster what the fuck yeah we didn't eat there guns on their logo yeah <laughs> yeah the mobster it was weird uh, but we had uh fantastic italian shaved ice i i was kind of shocked because we did go to another place that you found on yelp yeah so lunch lunch we went to uh this place called cookies drive-in in sacramento california uh which was like half a mile from the venue uh we drove over there and um dine-in was not available apparently there's yeah sacramento county so they said you know can't eat inside so we we ate outside uh but it was a nice day in sacramento beautiful day mm-hmm. beautiful day in sacramento yeah. And, uh, you know, burger place, classic burger drive-in sort of thing, Randy. Randy, I'll tell you, we were super excited, but uh, no dice. <laughs> no good? Apparently, Cookies does not have salt inside of their kitchen. Just uh, woefully bland. And I think... Weird name for a burger place, too. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Oksana, you, 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 vent- you got a little wild at, at Cookies. Yeah, it's the first time I've been to a place that had, like, exotic burgers. They had... um what ostrich elk ostrich elk and the one i got was buffalo it tasted exactly like beef (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so let me let me give you a little industry inside scoop here it's really just beef number it it, it's a possibility i'm not gonna say it's not i'm saying it's a possibility (laughs) um and the other thing is when you see a restaurant like that that offers that side of thing, that's also a red flag to me too. Mm-hmm. That's why I went, I had to go hamburger. They're like, all right, you got all this other shit. Let me see if you can cook me a regular hamburger. And they could not. 
And so as, as I took one bite of that hamburger, I was like, have fun with your buffalo. Um, if we got to go to the hospital later, then you know <laughs> we'll figure that out. But And then the French fries were just bland, and the Diet Coke was very good. Really cheap, too. Like, I don't know. Well, no, the, you're the, in Sacramento. I guess. They did everything wrong. And not in like a spectacular way, but in like a fucking you. There was no reason. I liked the bun. The bun was. Cool. It was a nice French bun. Um, you had a nice glossy shine to it. The bun was the best part of the burger. Well, they they had run out of any type of seasoning and apparently any type of uh, manners too, because they were like rude. <laughs> yeah. They. It was just like all the things that you can get right, even with a terrible product. Which, my God, I've worked in the restaurant industry. I've had happy people leave who did not enjoy their food. You can do it. They didn't give a fuck. I, yeah, I don't know. That's right. So cookies. Do better. You in the fire. (laughs) People at the table next to us were enjoying whatever they got. Oh, my God. The people next to us, I hope they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) It was just, you know, an annoying goth couple. Um... (laughs) I don't know if it was even a goth couple because I, I got I got friend zone vibes out of both of them. But <laughs> <laughs> one the girls uh spoke up at the one of the few things I heard them say was the girls said, uh, you know, I'm not really a hamburger person, uh, but I'm enjoying this. And I'm like, Well, bitch, if you're enjoying that, you're definitely not a hamburger person. And he said that out loud. <laughs> we yeah. were like two feet away <laughs> from them. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It was good. I hopefully the, the only negative was that you know we did not stop for pistachio ice cream. Yeah, you did mention it. We should have. You just pistachio is a great flavor. Oh my god, it is. I see. I love. I love going to weird fruit stands. That's how you met Randy. <laughs> I had a pistachio cannoli after uh, late lunch yesterday. Oh boy, pretty damn good. good. Oh man. I love a, I know, I've never had a pistache canole. I don't know if I have either, but uh, they had it, and I was like, I will take one, please. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was very good. Good damn. You never had one, Clark? No. You got to take foodie out of your profile. I man. like a, uh, a pistachio macaron. Those are good. Okay. Yeah. French right. style. Well, are you ready? I think we're done. I, I do hope this leads to you coming out more. Hanging out. I don't want to. I don't know if I'll. You only come monster. out once. <laughs> I don't know if I'll do the Monster Palooza thing. Well, you don't have to. That's a different thing. Yeah, because, you know, Slash is walking around down there. I don't need to interact with uh, Slash. Shout out to Dashy, who was there this year. I'm so bummed. I follow one Let's Play kind of guy, YouTube dude, uh, Dashy XP. Mm. He was out there fucking putting up. Um, not snaps. What the f- stories on Instagram? Yeah, that was the one time I felt FOMO. How fucking lame is that? And you got Randy's boyfriend Mike Carano, who always goes down there. That's right. Was he there this year? Well, I don't know. You guys didn't go. <laughs> I haven't listened to his podcast for a while. He usually does a podcast from there, and the uh, he'll do one from the auto show in L.A. too. Oh, really? Who the fuck's Mike Carano? Uh, this photographer dude that uh, used to work on Loveline or with people from Loveline or associated with uh, them and Dr. Drew and he worked at uh, the improv in LA. He managed a bunch of improvs and he's on a couple podcasts that Clark and I listen to or used to listen to. 
He broadcast the Unfuckable Trolls podcast from Monster Palooza <laughs> yeah. every year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, Mo- Monster Palooza has a lot more pretty people there because well, it's, it's LA. Well, it's also reached the point of like, get seen. You know what I mean? Like Del Toro walks around. Maybe you could run. Maybe you could bump into Maynard there. I don't know. Is that going to help your career? Or? There were there were I'm going to say less than 10 people there that had 23 chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had a booth where you could buy a couple. And uh, a lot more. I figured there were going to be cosplayers. Yeah, there really were. But there were some there were some strange ones. Well, they were. I don't know. Like, lazy. like the the. um. What are those green things from Land Before Time that one walked by after we went to the Joe Bob thing, and you were like, "Well, I appreciate the commitment." Oh, that's what that was. Yeah. What are the Gor- Gorlax? What are those? <laughs> things? What are they called? Sounds like a medication you take, <laughs> dude. I have no clue what you're talking about. I thought it was just a frumpy dino one. I'm pretty sure it's those little things from Land Before Time. You're probably right. Yeah. All right. I was well, like, "What the hell?" Well. I hope I hope we can do it again. I mean, Sinister is once a year. I'm pretty. Wait, no. Do they do two? I think they do two. And in 2023, they are going to start up their film festival, which I guess has happened in the past. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we just never attended. I mean, fuck, man. There's not there's not much to do in Sacramento. I just don't want to hang out there. It's, it's too, too appealing. It's like a two hour drive. The thing about driving to L.A. is it's like, hey, that's a five hour commitment one way. Yeah. We're going to stay out there. Yeah. And, you know. There's, from our evidence, not a decent hamburger out there. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, reach out if you know a decent hamburger in Sacramento. All right. God damn, we've been talking a lot. We missed you, Randy. I'm, I'm glad yeah, you're in the new house and you're alive. Oh yeah, I'm here. It'll uh, be a while till I have the office slash podcast studio set up. But uh, yeah, it's fun. I still got to uh, paint that room, but. Uh... <laughs> It's gonna uh, gonna soundproof it. Gonna you know put the guitars and amps in there. And I'm thinking I might I may get a drum set again. Fuck. We'll see oh, if it annoys the neighbors too much. But we'll find you out. You don't even you don't share a wall with anybody. No, I mean I have a neighbor kind of close to that way to my right. But have you met them? Uh, I haven't met them yet. I met someone across the way. How were they? But. <laughs> They were cool. Uh, this older lady, uh, she's been here since like 1971 or something in the same house. So she's yeah, haunting. She's been here forever. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for that one. That's got <laughs> yeah. that's got Hitchcock vibes written all over that. True. That. She's gonna be looking at you, son. That's fine. There's not <laughs> much to see here. All right. Well, speaking of uh, old famous directors, should we let's do it? Should we let them in? All right. Well, you want to do the bingo game? Well, I, I don't know if I legally can. What? I overheard some of it. What? His rambling in the hallway is not what he's going to say to. I have to uh, absolve myself. Oh, my. Wait, you're, you're meeting up with I have, David I have to re- I have to recuse. Oh, my I God. I heard too much. The director of Inland Empire, he's here. Um, It's Father's Day. I'm not sure if he'll be mentioning it. <laughs> He tends to get weird with it. He'll probably go strictly political today because he likes to just throw curveballs. Oh, boy. You got any predictions, Oksana, Randy? He's going Father's Day. He's going to say something. Oh, it might no. be cryptic. All right. Well, let's just yeah, let him in. If it's crypto. Oh, my God. If I'm he in. came in here and started saying, like, I lost all my Ethereum, that would be... <laughs> I have an announcement. 
Today, I've released my non-fungible token. Oh, dude. He did have one. Did he? Yeah, he did a video. I think it was like 20 parts, right? Do you know about that, Randy? No, I had no idea. My God. He flies out here. You guys should talk to him when he comes in. He had a non-fungible token. It was on his Twitter. He was sharing it. I don't know what happened with that. I didn't follow it. But we have had some guests on here who made like NFTs that I super wanted. And um, they were just, they were priced when shit was really low. And now that it's lower than it's been in years, I've been tempted to go back and like, I'll just be like, I'll lowball this fucking thing just so we can have it in a frame in the room. Not a single NFT sold at Sinister Creature Con yesterday. That I know that booth failed. I, I think that dude uh, didn't make it home. He put himself in the casket they were selling across the way. <laughs> All right, let's let him in. Good morning. It's June 19, 2022, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects. He's coming in hot. And the fun work train rolls continuously. Okay. Don't forget to enjoy the dining cars where you can find fine food, treats, drinks, including always hot, fresh coffee. Also, uh, you can enjoy the observation car. Oh. And... Also, get a lot of work done on your projects. <laughs> Today, I'm going to be working with Damn. wood, wire, epoxy, plaster, tempera paint, <laughs> and gauze. Oh, God, making a mummy. Yeah. Everyone. Have a great day. Now, look at that. Look, okay. He, he, he must have heard you because he brought it all out. He brought the whole bag of tricks today. He had the train. But he didn't mention Father's Day. The man does not <laughs> care about holidays. Dude, Jennifer's going to be pissed. Does not care. We should have her on the show. I don't. I. Yeah, maybe not. Why not? I don't know. I don't know what we. I don't know what we're walking into there. Well, I mean, the guest we have this week, we we could wrangle them all. We we defeat every guest with love. I think Jennifer Lynch would be fun. Jennifer Chambers Lynch. Oh, she's got a hyphen name. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't. How do you feel about a hyphen name? I love it. Because I've been uh, increasing my pressure on Oksana to marry me, and it's come up as a topic. Osashi Fisher? Yeah, you know, I like her last name a lot, but I don't... She You can't, can't spell it. Well, you end up with the Seinfeld bit, where it's like, oh, I thought you were Japanese. She gets that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you play into that, Oksana? <laughs> oh, yeah, do a voice. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Not as ballsy as Randy. <laughs> oh, damn, what, Randy's been out there? There's audio of Randy doing... He does his, his impressions. Oh, okay. That's right. One impression, I guess. Of Trump. I do know. 
I'm sure his family gets a kick out of that every time he does Randy's it. our resident Frank Caliendo. <laughs> also, they'd have to listen to get a kick out of it. <laughs> Randy, your parents support you. They fly out there to paint your fucking house. They don't listen to your Yeah, they do. They don't, need, they don't need to listen to it anyways. Oh, you Not that I, they'd understand like 80% of what we say. I know. Yeah, I know. Um, all right. Well, again, I mentioned I didn't see a movie this week. But it didn't stop me from preparing for the TBR report brought to you by POVHarp.com. At POVHarp, we show movies. Hi. Okay, I was like, you got more of that? Is that POV Pete? No. <laughs> What's his name? My name's Brittany. Okay. All right. Brittany, you're fired. Um, Goodbye. If- so, yeah, I, I got a TBR report this week because even when I'm slacking and not watching movies, our uh, found footage adventurer, Thomas Burke, he's always out there. He doesn't stop. He is the deity of in-world camera footage, and he is just, he he's a machine. And this week, you know, there's a dialogue. I don't talk to Tom often on the phone, but these emails, it's there's a rhythm to it. And just when I think like we're digging deeper and deeper and deeper and we're starting to like scrape the bottom of the barrel, he comes back with a fucking Netflix pick. And I don't know why I'm a fool. I do know why I'm stupid. I went, he's got to be wrong. This isn't in this isn't found footage. And, um, you you're, know, let you're me, doubting your Sherpa. I don't know why he was like, it's a mini series on Netflix. And I'm like, oh, he's having a stroke. He, this, he's this lost man, this man is your friend. This man is your confidant. And this man is your mentor in the subgenre, <laughs> which you love, dude. And, and you're going to doubt his expertise. I don't know. You know, it was a gut reaction. I mean, if, if we were found footage Vikings, he would definitely be in the longboat with me. We're, we're on this journey together. And, you know, I should just read from his email. He's your scars guard. He's my scars guard. (laughs) And uh, the uh, legendary Thomas Burke writes, This week I'm recommending the 10-part French miniseries on Netflix called Dealer. A music video director tries to film Tony, a charismatic but unpredictable drug gang leader, wanting to break into the rap music scene. With work, re- his work reveals the hidden, true face of drug dealing while simultaneously getting him caught in a bloody gang war. The main reason I enjoy this one was due to its surprisingly good production value. The cinematography and production design are great. The acting appears solid. The ending wasn't as climactic as I would have hoped. But regardless of what you or I may think, it's worth the checkout. <laughs> it's worth the checkout. There's a hyphen in there. Especially because each episode feels very quick and well-paced. Plus, I think this will act as a cool and different vibe towards our repertoire in the Thomas Burke report reports. Let me know what y'all think. All to all the B, Tommy B, I should really say they know where I am, okay? See wave attachment. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, let me do that again. He's throwing me curveballs all the time. All the B, Tommy B. I shouldn't really say they know where I am, okay? I really shouldn't say they know where I am, okay? Legends <laughs> on the men, Jay. Yeah, Here's you- a good day. I wasn't done with the audio. <laughs> and any and all voice bites here shall be considered applicable. Okay, out for real this time. Later on the men, Jay. 
You didn't close the book on that last week. On Leches on the Menje. You're right. And I was okay with that. But immediately after recording, you reminded me, we never paid that off. So do you You can have the honor if you'd like to pay that off. It's from the 2007, 8, or 9? I would guess 8. I'm going to say 9. Uh, film I Love You Man with Paul Rudd. All right. On, since we're on this tangent anyway, did you like that film? I really did. You did? It's a great movie. You know, maybe I should relook at it. It's it's fun, man. It's I, sweet. I was not a comedy fan for a long time. And yeah, that but movie... it's about bros loving bros, dude. Yeah, that's not my kind of love. man love. <laughs> You're all about man. I'm into love, man dude. love. That's You're not, into man. That's love. not my type of man love. It's man love. They, I don't know. They jam out to rush. I think it was toxic man love. There's a lot of rush in there. There's a lot of rush. You like rush. Also, uh, for Bay Area fans, if you were at the show Primus on Friday. Covered, uh, covered a farewell to Kings, the whole Rush album. I was super bummed. I would have loved to have gone to Wait, that. Primus was here. Yeah, and they covered a Rush album. <gasps> of course, dude. I think there is a lot of crossover between Rush and Primus. Oh, yeah. because women hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of unfuckable trolls showing up to those. I'm shows. telling you right now, it's it's very true. All right. I, I don't. I I don't know a girl that likes Rush or Primus. That's true. Um, Oksana, how do you feel about Rush or Primus? I'm not a Primus fan. Yeah. And I've, I've heard very limited Rush. There you go. I do know uh, there are a few lazy women who love the Rush line. And we're just gonna... <laughs> Randy, did you actually amplify the silence in the cut on that? That'd be great. Dude, the Getty Rush line, would that have helped? That would have helped. That's better. All right. Well, again, we are deep in the middle of the TBR report. And Dealer, a French miniseries. Randy, do you know this? I do what? not, no. You hear about this? It, it's, it's a deep cut. And um, I was like, what the fuck is he is talking about? Is it new? About? I don't know why. I've never had this feeling. It's a 2021. It's because oh. it's Netflix. It is because it's Netflix. And here's the other thing. Um, so uh, They have a lot of international acquisitions. We had a past guest DM me after the last episode went up, and he was like, holy fuck, you guys, Lunopolis? I thought nobody else had ever seen this movie, or let alone liked it. So, and I was, I was like, well, how the fuck did you find it? He's like, I saw it when it premiered on Netflix. So I'm like, okay, Netflix used to be cool. We should remember that. Yeah. But, again, dealer, I don't know why. Tom, I don't know why I ever doubted you. I should never doubt you. What do you think? And I never will again. What killed Netflix? Uh, I don't know. Success. <laughs> Stranger Things. Tiger King. Not having a, uh, they didn't turn into Amazon. Like they didn't have, like they were selling books and then they did everything else. I think Netflix was streaming movies and then there was no end then. It's just, they're oh, just Oh, you know streaming. what killed it? What? Cuties. Oh, Cuties killed it. <laughs> Cuties was a good movie. Anyway, um, Dealer, I, you know, it's fucking good. And he's right. The The first thing you'll notice when you when you start this, and I should tell you, there's 10 episodes. The first one is nine minutes long. The commitment threshold here is low. And, you know, I'm thinking about it now. I think it was because it was a miniseries that I was like, nope, not found footage. Like, I don't know why. I think that might have just been me going, don't make me watch a TV show. Please don't. And you know what? I jumped into it. And it feels exactly like that other show that I can never remember the name of. Thankfully, I asked Oksana to be ready with it. Dead of Night. Dead of Night, which was the Snapchat show. 
which was a high production, well-executed mini thing that you could only watch on fucking Snapchat. So nobody ever watched it. This one, however, if you're down with subtitles, if you're a fan of Lahane, if you've ever summoned a Candisha over Candyman, this one, we're right there. We're in the, the French projects. And um, if you've seen any of the things I've mentioned, like for real, like even in Candisha, there is a look to French projects. And everybody in those projects, they love to hang out on the roof. So we get a lot of that in here, too. But we got two filmmakers who, uh, you know, this might be their big break. They're kind of burnt out like all fucking videographers are now. We know a couple in the East Bay that we talk about all the time on here, Josh and Jasadi. They shoot shit nonstop all the time. If, um, if, you, if you follow us, God, if you've been following us for a while now, you may know the story of Jasadi, where he came on a live stream we were doing during lockdown when he was working a security job. And uh, he was working the job while he was on the live stream. He was also on the live stream when he got a call from his brother who was saying, where the fuck are you? You're not here. <laughs> and he went, I got to go and was fired later that night. Well, what seemed uh, like a bag full of lemons turned into a stand of lemonade as now he is a brutally overworked videographer who does a lot of stuff like these main characters, which is music videos all the time. And, you know, he gets paid for it, which is cool, but. It's not what he wants to do. He wanted to do cinematography and then move into narrative storytelling, which he's on the path for. These characters, they're kind of like locked in a professional, you're not going to make movies mode. And they get this job and they're kind of like blase about it. They, they load up a million fucking GoPros. They got a lot of equipment and they're like, all right, we storyboarded the thing. Let's go meet this guy. And um, you get a thing I'm not super in love with, which is this is Hollywood. And we're fucking gangsters. So we're going to be mean to you in a way that, you know, only happens in Hollywood. Once you get through that, which it's only like a couple minutes of, you're introduced to uh, the to, to Tony, who just got out of prison. Tony. He, he's been out for two weeks and he's looking to make a transition from selling drugs and committing crimes into being a rapper. And they're like, OK, well let's go over a storyboard and look at it. And he's like storyboard. The fuck are you talking about? He's like, dude, we sell drugs here. We're just going to film that. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you got a bunch of cameras, right? We're going to use them. And we're just going to film our day to day life. And I mean, if you're not into that premise, you're a fool. Cause it, it gets a little ridiculous too. Like at one point they hand out GoPros to all the drug dealers, which you know, when you're constructing a narrative like this, it's you get a bunch of new camera angles. Everybody's mic'd up. Uh, in that first episode, there's a drive-by. So the stakes, dude, we ramp up immediately. I, I can't recommend this thing enough. If you're a found footage fan who's just looking for something a little bit different, this is a polished, um, this is a polished storyline that we don't normally get. French, urban, drugs true crime kind of stuff and they do some interesting shit with the way that they tell this story and it's almost got the vibe of the office you know how in the office like it feels like it should be a found footage show except oddly nobody ever talks to the camera crew like they almost never like they don't acknowledge yeah. them it's it's like the downfall of christopher guest they started to in like season eight okay i, I think i was like. off by then but it's weird it's like 
I don't know. It's kind of like an unspoken rule. Like, don't like look at the camera every chance you get, but never talk to the cameraman, which is weird about a show of people who are kind of like brought together in a situation where they just work with each other and otherwise would never hang out. And then they ignore this whole other element in this one. There's a lot of moments where you're getting like privileged conversations between a drug lord and his sister who's punking him out. And there's always that tension of like, fuck, dude, don't get caught filming this. And they acknowledge it. Also, um, shout out to the evolution of digital edits in found footage. They do like remember back in the day, every fucking paranormal movie would have that insane sound system hating audio effect that would just be like and it would just be way overboard and they were really just trying to hide a cut this one we do it but it's got a little bit of style to it it's a soothing noise i don't know it's found footage is evolving and this is proof um randy i'm gonna do the thing that i know i should never do and i'm gonna say watch the first episode it's nine minutes long you don't even really have to be like completely engaged with it because you'll get it even if it's in the background yeah but there's a car chase in like episode four that turns into a foot pursuit through the projects and it's one of those things where you're like how much of this is worked out in advance because it's almost like too perfect like i don't know it's seamless it's really good um so just for the Sweet. craft, dude, Randy, I I think you might actually like this one. And Tom, dude, uh, again, man, I apologize. I should never question you. I, I honestly, I don't think it was my heart questioning you. I think it was my lack of commitment, which you were um, putting in contest with yeah. the potential of watching a fucking TV show. You default to being combative. That is not true. It's 100% true. It is not true. Oksana, sign off on that. There's a user review that said this brought me back to my childhood. Um, said we don't need the wire nor HBO. This is if you haven't lived in the French Hell Quarter, yeah. you can't get this. This is the closest thing I've seen to real life. You know, so she I, signed off on it. I'll tell you, the wire came up too when I was watching this. Yeah. I just it's not as good as the wire. Nothing's good as the wire. Well, I mean, there's there's a there's some nuance to the wire that I think is the strength of that show, which Randy will never understand. Yeah. But also there's something I understand it. I'm not just not going to finish it. (laughs) I'm like three fifths through or something like that. Yeah. Randy, you got to be immersed though. Yeah. Let's get five fifths through, but I'm good. That is, that's a good way to pitch it though. It is like, it is like the wire. It's more like the wire than it is Lahane, but it's set in the same projects. All right. I highly recommend it. Everybody go watch it. Thomas Burke. I love you, brother. This concludes the TBR report. This concludes the TBR report. Randy Michael. Yes, sir. It's been a big week for you. You moved into your first home. Indeed. Stat Central. Huge week. Have you named your home yet? No. Do homes get names? <laughs> yeah, they can. The art, we've named this home. That's true. Yeah. Look at the Wi-Fi password, dum-dum. <laughs> There's that word again. That's right. <laughs> I'm also going to try to talk quick this time because my 
cord is apparently giving out. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Randy, you have to lose the umbilical cord sometimes. Dude. So, Randy, you know, it was a big week for you. You moved into your, your home. Uh, were you able to watch a couple things? Barely, but yeah. Uh, this morning, I went out for Father's Day and bought three tickets to Top Gun yeah. Maverick in a Screen X cinema. If any of you know what that is. Nope. Sounds ominous. So, you know, they shot uh, a lot of the scenes in Top Gun Maverick with IMAX cameras and it played a bunch of IMAX theaters. It wasn't playing the IMAX theater because Lightyear was in the IMAX theater. Dude. Um, So wanted to see an IMAX, but I saw that it was playing in Screen X. I was like, what is Screen X? I Googled it essentially. So you have the screen in front of you. And then when the IMAX scenes come, it opens up and there are screens and projectors on each side. So you're right and you're left. Oh. So it like becomes like your whole peripheral vision is like the movie. It's Wait. a gooner paradise. Dude. Wait. Oh God. <laughs> Shout out for Thursday's interview. <laughs> Wait. So it's what? You've got so you essentially have three screens. You have one in front of you and one on each side. No. No, but, but it's yeah. only the oh, IMAX scenes that, that do that. Clark no, would love that. No, it's blasphemy. Dude, you live with three screens in front of you. Not anymore. <laughs> New Clark. Okay? Killing those demons. Oh, all right, I'm on board. Killing those demons. I don't like it. How'd you like it? It was pretty it was pretty cool. Um Randy the it gets group. a it gets a little like wonky sometimes just because like I don't know, the like dimensions of it look kind of weird when you have a screen that's flat in front of you, then you have two on the side of you. It like, yeah, I don't know. It looks a little funky at times, but um, overall it was pretty cool. The movie uh, was really good. It basically kind of felt like Top Gun meets Mission Impossible because they're doing all of the uh, stunts like real, you know, well, Tom Cruise is at least, and they strap uh, IMAX cameras inside these jet fighters or to the sides of them. I have no idea how they made it, but... It all looks great, really great special or like practical effects uh, and everything. And yeah, you know, it's for what it is, it's it's really well made and you don't really see besides Mission Impossible, you don't really see action movies like this anymore that actually do things in real life. And you uh, you definitely feel it when you're when you're watching those scenes. What's Bruckheimer, isn't it? Didn't they get Bruckheimer? Uh, it's Joseph Kosinski that's oh. directing it. He did. Uh, I can't remember. He did another movie with Tom Cruise that came out like 10 years ago. Kind of like a sci-fi movie. I have to hold my mic together or else I'd Google it. Um, Now, Randy, what what did your boomer parents think of this uh, Gooner experience? It was Oblivion that he did. Oblivion. Oblivion, yeah. And then he did the uh, Tron Legacy. Uh, My parents liked it, though. We all liked it. It was good. It was fun, entertainment, action. Popcorn movie, although we didn't have popcorn movie because it was like 11 a.m. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Now, how was the uh, the Val Kilmer, which is a bit of a spoiler, but it's been in for yeah. three weeks, and I, I even haven't seen it, so suck it up. Uh, they did pretty well. Um, he's it's very short the scenes that he is in, but um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like they probably had to have him in there somehow, you know, yeah. for people that love Top Gun. I so. thought he died. Val's not dead. Oh, um, he thought... can't he can't speak. Yeah. So they had to do ADR with his son. Oh. So his speaking parts are done by Jack Kilmer. Oh. Are they? Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. I saw a YouTube thing. On that. <laughs> Randy, I couldn't tell. Are you going to go see Lightyear? No. Weird. Really? Yeah. Why would I go see Lightyear? I want to go. Uh, see I don't, why'd you go see Top Gun? Uh, I don't know. Father's Day. And it's a movie I kind of watched a little bit growing up, too. So you don't like the Toy Story. I do, but I don't know. I don't feel like I need to go to the theater to see Lightyear. You know, it's funny. Um, both those movies kind of occupy a like, you know, commerce position, you know, when we were talking about art and commerce. So I'm not, I'm not excited about them, but I've been super interested in both of them just because they both relate to China, like our current, like oh my international. God. No, but there's an interesting thing. Oh my God. That no more Terrell, foreign policy. Terrell had texted me that they cut the kiss and light year. Now I need somebody, if you're listening out there and you go see light year, can you confirm that? Because I had heard. Suck my kiss. A long time ago, they had taken, um, you know, the they had removed two patches from Tom Cruise's jacket. I talked about it on here. Yes. They brought him back. Patches of Houlihan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they took his Q patch and his MAGA patch. Um, no, so, you know, they put him back on, and it's a interesting thing where we're losing a lot of market space in the China box office. We used to make up 50% there. Like, People would go and rush to our movies. We're now down at around 12. So companies are starting to get a little braver with it and being like, well, fuck you. Like, we're not going to change our movie. And Lightyear had a girl on girl kiss that I think lasted the uh, eternity of a second in it. And they were like, we're not pulling it. And I think there were five countries that were going to be like, nope, we're not showing it then. You know, all, all the good guys out there. And uh, Terrell went in there, you know. He's in the uh, the alphabet community, and I got a text during the movie. They cut it, and I was kind of mad. I don't know. So I'm curious. I I thought for sure you would go see it. I think I've I mislabeled you there though, Randy. You do have you lack that child uh, glow. I may look like Buzz Lightyear, but I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> no one what? thinks you look <laughs> like Buzz Lightyear. I'm just looking for a joke. I don't know. <laughs> The hell? You're definitely more of a Woody, dude. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> you're Slinky Dog. Dude. Damn. <laughs> Slinky Dog's inbred, right? He's like the Hills Have Eyes of Toys. No, why you say that? I don't know. I, I, I could. Slinky Slink- Dog was voiced originally by Jim Varney, and when yeah. Jim Varney died, it was uh, taken over by Blake Clark. Yeah, but who I, played uh, Sean's father in Boy Meets World? I get. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn. He's got some cool uh, voicing behind him. That's true. But I still imagine him on a porch with a banjo and a shotgun, like in 42 Slinky. Dogs. Yeah. Yeah, but Slinky Dog's cool, man. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying. Also, you know, he's, you know, let me tell you something. In every single one of those movies, they use the Slinky. That's true. You yeah. know, he, he was very resourceful. Yeah. You fuck. know, what's Rex doing? Wait. Just freaking out. You haven't seen Top Gun, huh? No. How did that happen? I don't go to the theater. What? Top Gun's like the F1 a plane movie. I don't think dude. I've been to the theater since Men. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Was that a month ago? I yes. think so. Yeah. Are you going to go see the thing? Is that Wednesday? I think it's this Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Right? So, yeah, the day after this episode airs. I'd, l- I'd love to. And what? It's like the 30th anniversary or something? Yeah, let's go out there. I don't know. You don't have to look that up. It's some anniversary. It's got to be the 40th. Yeah, thing came out in like 1980. I was, I just pulled the number. Well, it's 22, so it's be a weird anniversary. <laughs> What's happening? Didn't the thing come out in 1980? Also, what year did I Love You Man come out? 
Uh, 82 for the thing. 80, that's what I thought. All right. 80, I said 80. 82. There we go. 2009 for the thing. 2009. Damn. Oh, there we go. You're on it today. I got the thing wrong. Dude. I, I could have it was 80. This medication, it's helping your uh, gray matter. Too. Medication, no breathing. Randy, what else? Uh, we, we lost, we lost you. you. <laughs> He's tampering Hello. a lot. There yep, he yep, is. Yep. <laughs> uh, Friday night, uh, buddy Life. Christian from uh, Cellar Dwellers R.I.P. Uh, hit me up, and we yeah, went thanks, and Randy. saw <laughs> uh, a movie called Neptune Frost at the Plaza Theater here in Atlanta. Uh, it played, I believe, Sundance Digital the this past year, and it had a really cool image, um, and it sounded interesting. But I never uh, got around to seeing it at Sundance, so I was kind of excited to see that it was playing here locally. Um, it is a sci-fi musical that takes place in Rwanda in this village that is essentially like an e-waste dump. Um, Ooh, not so at all. All of the... <laughs> no, no Hotel Rwanda. Um, so it... Uh, yeah, this, I, this uh, village takes place like in an e-waste dump. Um, and they are also miners uh, for like minerals that um, we use in technology and cell phones and all that stuff. So Bitcoin. Yeah. And um, everything, like all the fashion that they're wearing is like integrated with technology. Like there's a lot of like spinning disk drives on like jackets. There's a guy that has a jacket that's like made out of a keyboard. Um, all the fashion is really, really cool. So um, is this it's like an Afro. Is this supposed to be like dystopian? Yeah. Sort of. It's like a. It's like Afrofuturist. Oh, what the fuck? That's a. It's okay, a genre. Did you come up with that. You're making this shit up now. No, it's a genre. Google it. So is that what District Nine would be? Afrofuturist. Maybe I don't know. I don't know like too much about this genre, but I've heard it used before. Maybe I don't have no idea. Fried, fried berry. Okay, the meat cute. You know what? I believe that because it seemed <laughs> non sequitur and dumb. And I'm like, Randy, you're pretty practical. The fucking Afro. It's real. I love it. It sounds offensive. It, <laughs> it's a term. There's probably a Wikipedia page with uh, associated, uh, you know, movies and music and stuff. But um, it's directed by two people who go by Thanks, the research duo <laughs> Swan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, the director duo goes by Swan. Uh, one of the directors is Saul Williams, who I believe is a musician of note. I've never heard anything he's done, but I had a couple buddies um, DM me on Instagram. They were like, oh, I had no idea that Saul Williams made a movie. Um, so yeah, it's part musical. It's part sci-fi. It's part, uh, it's very on-the-nose anti-capitalism, which um, I, I, I was okay with in this movie. Like, I, I get where they're coming from, considering they are a... Uh, a village of people that are basically, you know, uh, working very hard so that we can uh, communicate via minerals and s cell phones and everything. Uh, so it's it's very on the nose capitalist. There is a lot of uh, middle fingers straight to the camera, which was uh, <laughs> was pretty funny. Um, the music in here is great. It's very uh, Afrofuture, African. Yeah, it's very African. There's a lot of just like you know beats um, and sort of just like singing on top. But as the movie goes on, the ant word. I never listen to him, and I will never see Chappie. Mazzy? Why, dude? We're seeing Chappie. <coughs> I'm good. Good joke. Um, but yeah, the music, um, it, it feels like more and more instrumentation, instrumentation uh, like kind of 
grows into the music. Um, so it kind of starts out kind of like minimalist, but there's some really, really great songs uh, in the movie. And uh, we also had a weird kind of theater experience that reminded me of Duke of Burgundy. Oh. Um, so while we were there, there was a storm that passed through town, apparently. Um, so we were watching the movie maybe like an hour in. Also, there was a walkout at like 40 minutes. So Ooh. that was cool, too. Two walkouts. Well, I mean, they came together, but um, yeah, a walkout. <laughs> Good film. St- sticking through a walkout is always always fun. Now, Randy, what, why do you think they walked out? Boredom? They, they're not down for the Afrofuturist cause? What's going they on? Were, they were kind of younger kids. I don't know. I imagine like... 18, 20, 22, something like that. Um, and I think they just, they just had no idea what they were walking into. Yeah. Um, and it's a very unique movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can imagine if you just walked in off the street and said, Hey, this movie looks cool. And, uh, yeah, weren't expecting it. Then you probably would just leave 40 minutes in, but, um, the power almost went out while we were watching the movie. Um, but the, the image almost go out. Gonna ask. So, so the image stayed and the exit sign in the theater like started flashing <laughs> and the audio went out, but the, the picture stayed. Okay. And then, so we all kind of looked at each other. We're like, the exit sign thing is weird, but we're not sure if the audio dropping out is part of the movie. Cause the movie was so weird that like the Duke of Burgundy experience we had yeah. where like, I think it just stopped playing and we just sat there for like five minutes. Yeah. And everybody stayed silent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a very unique movie. Um, if it's playing near, I think it might be playing the Roxy or maybe soon. Um, yeah, I would definitely suggest it. It's, uh, you know, not like anything I've really seen, um, as of late. It's yeah, it's a really cool movie. All right. Oksana, can you, um, grace us with some other Afro futurist? Do you know soon raw, the jazz musician? I think that is, uh, Afro futurist. Oh, I know him. (laughs) He was just over for dinner. All right, hit us with some. What do you mean? Other, you have what, what do you mean? Movies. What do we mean? Yeah. Hold up the uh, Wikipedia page. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, so read the Wikipedia <laughs> page. Yeah. They should have a title or like a list of. Yeah, Sunra. <laughs> what? There's one. <laughs> There's literally a whole Wikipedia page. Um, history, literature, and comics, art, themes in film. Uh, yeah. Oksana, he's doing this with one hand. I know. <laughs> I know. He's holding his umbilical cord with the other. Come on. <laughs> well, it's not like a list. Hold on. <laughs> it's fine. It's not it, really. Okay. Yeah, because Randy wrote all this but, last night. Okay. He didn't have enough time. Yeah. I imagine if you Google examples of Afrofuturist, you could probably dig around there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Space is the place, which is a Sunra movie. Um, which I hear is very good. I haven't Ace seen that. Ace is the place with the... Da, 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 Dude, da. what is that? What's that jingle? Ace. Okay. Oh, Randy. And Randy froze. <laughs> Look at that picture. We lost Randy. But boy, what a beautiful smile God he left us with. Take a screenshot of that. Please. <laughs> He's going to come back right before. Hopefully Randy will be back here with us shortly. But apparently he is having some internet connectivity issues. So we will carry on. Uh, and unfortunately we're going to carry on with something that we've already talked about, uh, a good bit already on this show. And that is, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Um, I watched, uh, another one of his, uh, screenings, uh, that came on last week. And this is a film that, um, Russell, yeah, I imagine you, have you talked about this feature on the show before? 
Uh, but it's certainly uh, a movie that you thoroughly enjoy, and I imagine that you may watch uh, Joe Bob's, uh, you know, screening of this, and that is Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker. Or the ori- Do you know the original title? There's like four. Night Warning. Now, can I, now before you jump into this, yeah. I just want to mention um, that part, part of doing this podcast and talking about uh, deep cut films all the time, you get a little bit of a, even just a little sliver of like an ego. And Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker is one of those films where it's like, that's a deep cut. Like you got to be a horror fan to find it. And when you came up to me and were like, I watched Butcher Baker Nightmare. I was my gut reaction was, "Fuck you!" Like, no, you didn't. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like it was See? too cool of a movie. And I think you know a lot of horror fans feel that way whenever Joe Bob covers anything because he's kind of taking something that might leave you confused after watching, and it's diced up with a uh, enjoyable host who's kind of making this thing palatable. So. I almost feel like it's like a cheat code or like a, I don't know, like a life hack to like enjoy Butcher Baker with the Joe Bob. Cause I imagine it was good. I'd love to hear him riff on that movie. Yeah. And, uh, he gave it four stars, which, uh, in all the ones that I've seen, I, he, that's the highest he's given. He's a film. He, he's out of four. I think so. Okay. I think he's a, he thoroughly enjoys it. Um, and no, I, I had a great time with it and, uh, what a, what a strange film. And I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, there's a lot of things um, that, you know, Joe Bob, a lot of interesting things uh, surrounding this film um, that, that Joe Bob was able to sort of, you know, clear the air on and, and provide some context uh, with and, and explain that, the, you know, the star of the film is Jimmy McNichol. Now, Jimmy McNichol is not a name that is probably on the, the radar of uh, America now, uh, but in. Uh, 1981, he was uh, a teen heartthrob. He was on the cover of Tiger Beat magazine, and uh, he was the uh, he was the poster child of America. So he was the big name of this film. Um, originally, now Bill Paxton is in this film. Um, I believe Bill Paxton's in one scene. He plays uh, Jimmy McNichols' teammate, in as Jimmy McNichol is a high school basketball star. Uh, with Bill Paxton as his teammate, that they don't like each other. And Bill Paxton apparently had such a good audition that they uh, were going to give the leading role. They thought about giving the leading role to Bill Paxton, uh, but they wanted a name. And Bill Paxton was unknown at that time. So they gave it to Jimmy McNichol. And um, the the rest is, you know, what it was. Uh, but, you know, Bill, it was, you know, Bill Paxton's Bill Paxton. Um, and uh, it it's... Like it or love it. He seemed like, you know, and this was a uh, weird science error. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of get that, that Chet Bill Paxton vibe yeah. um, out of him. So uh, that was fun to see. And the, um, for those of you who haven't seen the film, I will say the ant in the motion picture uh, is played by Susan Tyrell. Now, Susan Tyrell, Ooh. boy howdy. Terrifying. I mean... <laughs> brings it yeah the intensity and just unadulterated mania that that comes out of her performance is incredible now um russell do you happen to know who she was married to i have no idea herb villachez 
Who's that? The dwarf in Fantasy Island. Deplane, really? boss Deplane. Oh, wow. Yes. What? She was married to Herb Villachez. That's a fucking couple I would love to have a dinner party with. And also, um, Joe Bob describes Susan Tyrell as the female Christopher Walken. Um, and I guess you know, she just had a, a very particular um, way of delivering lines and you know, just had that sort of um, standout, strong character ability. And uh, just fantastic. And as far as I'm concerned, this is her movie. Um, because she is, she is, uh, she's eaten up all the scenery yeah, that she is good. in. There's, I mean, she is not hungry by the end of the movie mm-hmm. because she's eaten it all. Um, don't know what that was and I wish I wouldn't have said it. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much all the big names that we've gotten here. Um, now I will say that they, and I don't have the name here in front of me, but it was, uh, there was another director on this film um and he got let off the movie after the first scene that they shot which was the death scene involving jimmy's parents which is by far the best scene in the movie (laughs) um that i've seen a lot of car crash scenes in my day this is up there (laughs) this is an incredible car death an incredible decapitation uh, from a log truck, uh, which is hyper-realistic. Yeah. And that actor uh, got hurt in that scene. Uh, The squib apparently blew backwards and burned his stomach. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, And also, do you know who shot that scene? They also fired the director and the cinematographer. The original cinematographer for this film was Jan de Bont. Why'd they fire him? From, um, you know, a lot of things. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got, uh, oh God, my mind is losing. Die Hard, of course. Speed. You know Jan DeBont. If Randy was here, he would have jumped I know, in. that's why I was so excited uh, to talk about Jan DeBont with Randog, but we lost him. Um, also, it looks like that he did end the Zencaster, so we'll have to go with the second yeah. recording. Okay. So then they, they got um, the director who finished it, William Asher, and he went along and uh, took it there to completion. But, um, you know, so he did everything outside of that car crash scene, which, again, is worth watching the movie. It's, it's so good. Now, also, um, credited as editor on the film is former guest on the show, Ted Nicolau. Ted's prolific. Dude. He is, man. Ted Nicolau worked on this thing. Uh, but essentially, you know, the story is, is that you know, we've got a, a, a baby boy who gets dropped off at his aunt's house and his mom and dad are going away. And then the aforementioned car crash scene happens. Mm-hmm. And now Jimmy is living with his aunt. Um, and we skip ahead, you know, a few years later and Jimmy's like 17 and he's a high school basketball star. Very handsome young man. And his aunt um, it's, it's, they, they make no bones about it that, uh, she's, she's got a little crush on, on her little baby boy. And, um, yeah, it, there's, there's palpable tension, <laughs> one-sided palpable tension there, um, that just sort of builds. And, um, and then, uh, we've got a, uh, repairman 
coming in. Was he the TV repairman? Or fixing the dryer or something? He, a repairman came to the house, and uh, she, was, uh, she was all horned up. <laughs> she was ready to go. And she was trying to hit on the uh, repairman. And the repairman was not interested. And, well, so she, what, what do you do? Oksana knows this. When you hit on a guy and the guy does not reciprocate, well, you just, you kill the guy. Duh. And that's what she did. And uh, Jimmy got in the middle of that. And then the neighbors came. <laughs> and there's blood everywhere. And then you've got the dick detective who comes in. And this is... So that character... That is one of the more interesting pockets of this movie is uh, the the detective Joe Carlson played by Bo Svensson. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, they made some choices with him, didn't they? Because he would not let this go. He was convinced that Jimmy was uh, the murderer and also that Jimmy was gay because... <laughs> The repairman, who turned out to also be a homosexual. So the theory that he was trying to rape um, Susan Tyrell's character, he wasn't having it. So he knew that there were lies going on, um, but just... If, if police are like that, then maybe we should have no police. Because, <laughs> I mean, this guy was bananas. Um, highly entertaining, but, but what a dick. And uh, and then what? How, what they decide to do to him at the end was wild. And you know, there's no. All right, the movie's forty years old. They kill him. <laughs> there's no reason to kill him other than him being an asshole. But I didn't hate it. Um, and uh, man, the end is just. Uh, I don't know. The movie's wild and it's fun. Do you do you know Bo at all? Yes. Okay, because he's got a pretty prolific history of, like, filmmaking. He's one of those, like, B-dudes that, like, when you get into the um, real, like, movie-movie guys, they, like, love him. Again, I I don't know if you can tell, but I don't really know much of his work. Like, it's popped up a lot in conversations, but... Uh, Tarantino cast him in several things. He seems like a dude you would love. Yeah. That's why I was like... Big character guy. Yeah. Big character guy. And uh, he... Man... He brought it in this one. But man, Butcher, it's so fun. It's, 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 it's also, um, did you know that this was a video nasties? I did. Originally. Yeah. yeah. Which is a little odd, right? Uh, it, it's it, hyper violent. Well, I mean, it isn't, it isn't. Video nasties were kind of a crapshoot anyway, like of what got put on the list or not. But definitely, the people who had gone through and tried to find every video nasty, this has been, you know, this is where I think originally it came on the radar for people. And also, apparently, um, Susan Tyrell uh, refused, maybe is a strong word here, but she did not see the film when it came out because she just assumed it was trash Mm -hmm. and publicly stated that. Then about a decade later, said that she really enjoyed the film. (laughs) It's fun. It's great. It could be disturbing if... um, you think like I don't know, art can be detrimental to your health. Yeah, because the subject matter here is anything but light. But holy shit, dude! It's I don't. This is a fun movie. It is. Yeah. And um, 
Jimmy McNichols' girlfriend, who's in the film, uh, who's also playing a 17-year-old, who's also, you know, showing uh, full breastesis in this, um, is actually 30 years old uh, when the film was made. <laughs> Are these all Joe Bob things you learned during the movie? That was, yeah. Okay. A um, couple of those I found on my own research. Thank you very much, but you have to watch to distinguish which ones is Joe Bob and which is Clark William. Yeah, Clark does do research. He informed everybody about Darcy's uh, career prior to being on uh, Last Drive-In. Well, you know, a gal's got to make a living. Yeah. Hey, no judgment. Uh, yeah, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Check it out. All right. Um, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, and I got nothing because I was not joking. I did not watch anything this, uh, this week. But I do want to mention, um, for all of you that's been hanging out with us for a long time listening to the show, you might remember five years ago when we would talk about Gabo, the great Gabo. Gabo. Um, somehow I had forgotten to uh, Dead point. Dead of Night. Dead of Night. This is a movie, right? I forgot to point out that the movies that Severn was giving away over at the uh, um, All About Evil screening, one of them was a documentary, Tales of the Uncanny, that they did on anthology horror. Well, I... I <laughs> Don't know how, but I ended up walking away with like four copies of it. And I gave one to Clark and he looked at it and he went, is that the great Cabo? <laughs> and on the cover of the fucking movie, there he is. It's the, um, it's creepy Clark's dad, dude. The, the first horror anthology film. Yeah. And the, with the first dummy in horror too. Ooh. Like uh, checking all the boxes. creepy Clark, you know, he's got talent in those genes. He just, <laughs> I don't know if he really portrays it as much, but. This, uh, that film was brought on our radar by uh, the Hawkman, David Hawkins. That's right. He used to run uh, Lost Weekend Video. And I think he's doing good still, too. Um, you keeping up with the Hawkman? No, he'll hit me up every now and then to give me like a little uh, political tirade, which I'm completely... You know what? If you're listening, don't share with me your political tirade. But if you're, if you're the Hawkman, you can do it anytime. It's the Hawkman. He's got the best um, conspiracies about like DoorDash. And shit that I'm just Ooh. like, yeah, he, he's all for the people, man. He just wants everybody to be a good living. Um, there's one other thing that I was, you know, I held off till now because I was hoping that Randy would sneak back in here. But uh, we have a longtime listener, a f- uh, collaborator, listener Sam, who, you know, he makes a bunch of shit posts for us. And he, he swears that we are his favorite podcast. And, you know, I just want to say I love you. Uh, I will pay you your $20 a week to continue listening. And Sam, I am indifferent. Yeah. (laughs) And um, while he was listening to last week, he sent me a long message that opens (laughs) with Salem's Latkes. Oh, boy. Very good. The Green's Inferno. Okay. It's a salad. Yep. Beyond the Blackened Rainbow Trout. Very good. Funnel Cake Games. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is a long list. So I just, I wanted to shame both you and Randy for not doing a better job on the fly as we had crafted this game. As a reminder, well, you need to know a couple things. Number one, Randy and I hashed some things out after the episode and came up with some. (laughs) I was in the group chat. Um, Including, uh, I think the best thing I brought to the table, uh, Rigatoni Todd. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're playing two different games. You have the whole, the whole craft of filmmaking and horror, 
where you're bringing in actor names and shit. I was clearly just going off of a plate and a title of a movie. Yeah, because you're a hack and I'm an original. I like tight parameters. Now, and then number two, you also need to note that I came up with the idea. I had the first example and then I was done with it. I didn't want to do anymore. (laughs) And that's just how I am. Okay, do you, how about the sandwich? I don't hate it. <laughs> he said it's an apple butter and goat meat sandwich. Oh, I'd try that. Dude, he's got a how lot of goat in cheese. Here. You know, I don't want to. You know, a lot of these I don't even think I could pronounce. Dude, apple butter and goat cheese sandwich? I'd try that. Well, you better throw some arugula in there. You better toss some, some whole grain bear. All right. Bread. Well, then, you know what? The food truck's on, dude. <laughs> Anyway, thanks again. If you know, if you have any stupid, terrible ideas that you want to share with us, uh, chances are I'll probably read them on here. So, just do it. All right, yeah. Um, a little uh, sh- uh, shortened episode uh, this week. Again, sorry for uh, losing Randy there with his technical difficulties, but we are back on Thursday with our guest, Annie Hardy. Uh, we wrapped up things with her uh, earlier this afternoon, uh, so we will bring that to you on Thursday. Thursday. Uh, Annie Hardy is the star of Dashcam, a film that we talked about was it last week, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, which is out now uh, from the creative team behind Host. And so we bring in um, Annie to kind of, you know, uh, number one, um, you know, she's receiving a lot of uh, flack uh, about. <laughs> That's a nice way to put um, it. You know, because here's the thing Ra- uh, Andy. God, <laughs> Annie put herself out there. Um, Annie uses her real name in a uh, fictionalized story, mm-hmm. and uh, that can be a slippery slope. And so she kind of you know, cues us in on on sort of the journey that uh, she's been on uh, in the past few weeks with the film and and trying to deal with uh, you know uh, feedback, uh, both good and positive, um, with that, and just kind of you know what's what's going on with her and. And also just, you know, how she's feeling about everything. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good interview, interesting interview. And, you know, there are some topics discussed there uh, that, you know, is, is polarizing. And I think that, you know, that the film sort of deals in that territory. Um, so if uh, I just, you know, want to do a disclaimer, um, I don't do trigger warmings because I'm not a bitch. <laughs> uh, but I just want to let you know that, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're talking to real people here. Well, here's the thing, too. I think you made it scarier than it actually is. I'll uh, go ahead and give you a spoiler. Some of the shit uh, that I thought she had brought to the table, she didn't. And it's kind of shocking. I mean, and as a, no. as a fan of found footage, you know, I mean, God, the bit of verisimilitude. I mean, I dug my own grave there. I'm still constantly shocked. And you, know, you know what I think about a lot? Was the Blackwell Ghost 6? Yeah. And I'm like, we're fools. Of course that shit is fake. But when, when we're talking dash cam, I was constantly stunned. I'm like, wait, that was production? Wait, yeah. that was stage? Like, so it's great. Listen to it. Annie's awesome. Um, and we will have her back. Yeah, she's, uh, she's we love lovely. Her. And lovely so we, we had a great, great talk with Annie. Um, so stay tuned for that on Thursday. Don't miss that. But Randy does edit our show, so there may not be a Thursday. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Oksana, you're back on the hook because Randy's out. So, uh, take us away. Uh, follow Annie's band Giant Drag on Spotify. I don't know what they sound like, but I'm going to check them out. (laughs) We'll see you Thursday. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.